0: says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die.
1: Uh, The wages of sin is death. God
2: sent his son to pay that debt, and when the son died, justice was satisfied.
0: The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive.
2: Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17.
1: What's going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Arnett, or Uncle Marco. I'm here with my nephew, Mr. Seth Carter. What up? And tonight we have a very... Very special guest. He actually puts the special in special guest. Oh, my dad. So <laughs> totally unplanned um, appearance tonight, completely but w- completely, completely unplanned. unplanned. He had no idea that he was coming to do this with us. But uh, Mr. Ian Baumgardner, you want to say hello, Ian, after he gets done drinking his coffee there?
0: Thank you. Hello. Uh, I'm Ian Baumgartner. I was once called graceless, but now I'm a sinner, saved by the wonderful grace of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. 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 man.
1: All right. Well, um, now that we got that out of the way, uh, <laughs> we... Uh, We're all in agreement. Let's make you all mad. Yeah. Now, now let's see if we can make you mad from this yeah. point. Just kidding. Okay. Not really. Um, our sponsor, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Narrow Gate Boutique. You can find the website there. It's uh, narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. You can look it up on Facebook. And if you order from the Narrowgate Boutique and you use the uh, promo code Good Medicine, you get 20% off of your order. So go on there and spend all your money. My, my children need to be put through school. I'm not guilt-tripping <laughs> you, but we'll take checks, uh, cash. If you got EBT cards, you can drop off at the house. We'll we use that, too, to buy some groceries. Food, stamps. Yeah. Tell your
0: friends, tell your enemies.
1: Yeah, right. tell everybody. Um, but seriously, go check it out. Uh, it's my wife's shop, and she has some awesome stuff that she's selling on there. She's recently started making some T-shirts, um, and they're really – it's mostly women's stuff, but we're getting into some men's shirt. Here pretty soon, we're going to get some uh, Good Medicine podcast shirts, hopefully. So, um, But anyways – Just to kick this thing off, uh, a random question to start with, so we kind of struggle with which one to do tonight, but what is something, and uh, Ian, since you're our guest, we'll start with you. What's something that totally annoys you?
0: I would say that whenever someone really tries to get friendly with me, but I really don't know who they are. I've known them for a total of probably, I don't know, a couple of days. Maybe they're an office coworker, and they're trying to come up to me, and I mean they're nice and and God bless them for being nice. I love nice people, but I am an introvert. I'm a big introvert, and really, if you come up to me and are trying to act like my buddy, it, it, something goes off in my mind. Like, like it's kind of like that weird aunt that would hug you at a funeral, and oh, you yeah. had you had no idea who they yeah. were.
1: <laughs> Maybe hugged you for a few seconds. Yeah, too long. yeah, and it's just like yeah.
0: Well, I, I appreciate it, but. Yeah. Who are you again? It smells
1: like some kind of weird perfume. Yeah. Okay. How did you get in my house? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good one. That's so all you got. Something that annoys you. Any ideas?
2: People who ask for your advice, who sincerely act like they want it. And you give them advice, and they always do the opposite of what you tell them. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah. So
1: basically, don't ever be kind to in, and don't ever accept <laughs> their advice. Is what I'm taking from that.
2: Yeah, you might as well go with that. Yeah,
1: well, I, mine's a lot more simple than that. Um, if somebody's chewing, eating food, and they're chewing with their mouth open, Ooh. and uh, for uh, those of you that listen that may hate that sound, it may sound something like this. Ooh. I mean, it makes me, it makes me cringe. I honestly. If I'm in a room, I want to set the room on fire and walk out when I hear that. It just drives me nuts. But, uh, yeah, so that would be my random question. Um, On to our topic, though. Let's get into this because I feel like maybe we're going to be on this for for a pretty good amount of time tonight. Um, The topic tonight, which is uh, probably going to be, not probably, it's a controversial subject in the church. Uh, Evangelical church just... Uh, it's been debated all throughout church history, uh, all throughout um, just conversations between brothers and sisters in Christ. But does baptism save? So just kicking that off, um, Seth, do you want to you wanna jump into um, some scripture? You want me to get it started there? You want to get it started, brother? Yeah, I'll get it started. Um, so we're, what we're going to do with this is we're going to try to tackle it with uh, common verses that are used uh, to justify uh, the position that ba- water baptism, the actual act of being baptized, uh, dunked in the water, sprinkled, however you want to put it, um, go through a drive through with a, a super soaker, whatever. Um, we want to. It's the
0: cool SBC church. Yeah,
1: yeah. Isn't there one with the water seen, a water slide? I think I've seen. A water slide? I've seen a picture of oh, one with a water slide. Yeah. Um, and also, this is totally rabbit trail, but I seen. Have you seen the one where the guy's baptizing somebody, and it looks like he's like choke slamming them? I think you sent that to I'm me. Pr- yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, we're gonna try to address this topic and use the scriptures that are most commonly used uh, to try to justify that that point of view. So, the very first one that I want to get into would be Romans uh, chapter six and verse four. Um, but I'm gonna read the. The verses leading up to it, just so we have some context. Uh, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died in sin still live in it? Oh, or um, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ, have been baptized into his death? Therefore, this is, this is the verse I want to get to in verse 4. Therefore, uh, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So, getting into this first, we go through uh, just going from talking about justification, the results of justification. In Romans 5, it kicks off uh, in chapter. Uh, 6 in verse 1 it talks about well, do we continue sin because we have grace and it says you know God forbid may it never be uh, but then we get, get on down into verse 4 and it starts talking about baptism um, so in verse 4 it says therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so we too might walk in the newness of life Um, So this is a verse of scripture that's commonly used to say, we've been baptized uh, with him into death. Um, So then when we're baptized with him into death, uh, speaking, the the people that would try to justify this position uh, would speak to that as being buried with him in baptism, as the act of baptism. And then from that point, we walk in the newness of life. Uh, But we see through examining the scripture here, um, that baptism here. Just means um, it's a it's an initiation into a religious community. Uh, we we're we're going into um, uh, we we've been justified through Romans five. We read that and the results of justification, and then directly after that in Romans six, we get into um, the the initiation into the real, religious community. Um, so Paul says here. Paul says therefore uh, we in verse four. Therefore we. Uh, And so he's speaking there to a group of believers. It's not to people that are getting ready to be justified by baptism. He's saying, therefore, we, speaking to a group of believers, have been buried with him. Uh, And it says, through baptism into death, so that um, as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory uh, of the Father, so that we, too, might walk in newness of life. So David Brown, I read a commentary from him. I don't know a whole lot about the man. I just, I really um, I really liked the commentary that he had on this and I took some notes from it but he, he he made this comment he said we don't leave a dead body unburied mm-hmm. um, so somebody who's dead we know uh, as somebody who is unconverted we're dead in our sins but then we also read as in Galatians 2 and 20 uh, tells us that we're crucified with Christ and nevertheless we live uh, we're we're dead to uh, we're dead in sin and then once we're converted we're dead to sin and so uh that the comment that David Brown uh, left there, left he said, "We don't leave a dead body unburied." So back um, to verse two in this, he says, uh, "We who died to sin." Uh, so the people who have died to sin are those who have been justified, uh, and so we have already died to sin. Now we follow uh, our Lord's ordinance in baptism. So what this here is is um, showing publicly that we are separating ourselves. Um, and we're identifying with Christ uh, in, in our life, that we're walking in the newness of life. So just a little bit of, of you know reading, uh, even from chapter 5 of Romans into chapter 6, we see justification in Romans 5, the results of justification, and then we follow into, um, we follow into baptism after it, as, as the ordinance that, that the Lord has given us, we're buried with him uh, through baptism into death. So we're baptized into his death. Um, and so this this setting the seal on uh, that the death of Christ was on our behalf, uh, and then if if we're in Him and we died in Him and uh, he, the token of our belief is Him, uh, we consent to that watery grave. Um, so that, that's how I would uh, that's how I would I would I would uh, answer that one. And this is a, qu- a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says setting uh, setting our seal that the death of Christ was on our behalf. Kind of what I was saying there. Uh, setting our seal that the death of Christ was on our behalf, and that we were uh, in Him, and died in Him, and in token of our belief, we consent to the watery grave and yield ourselves to be buried according to His commands. We follow the Lord's command in baptism. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's, it's pretty simple uh, with reading in context the Scripture and, and the way that the Scripture is going there, and we know that uh, you know there wasn't chapters. Yeah, when the letter was written it was written as a letter so we would read it that way uh, not just to pull out these couple verses and say well you're buried with him in baptism for salvation that's clearly not what it says here so you guys got any comments on that
2: no you done a good job explaining it uh, I'm just not well as detailed in my descriptions as you was you well, that's, like
1: a- that's not all mine that, there's a lot of commentary and, and study from uh, you know I, I don't get credit for all of it but yeah it's a uh, yeah, but I think it's clear in the scripture. It there, is, it is. I'm gonna kick mine off. Is there we go next? Yeah, I mean, Ian, do you have any comments on Roman six or anything you want to throw out there?
0: Not yet. No. Okay. Not yet. Nothing yet. we'll, yeah, nothing we'll do a yet. roundtable discussion. Yeah, after y'all. Got, y'all, got y'all, got, y'all are the more prepared ones in, this, in yeah. this. instance. Yeah, we didn't
1: give him. We didn't give him any notice on this. Yeah. But I, the wheels <laughs> we're are doing sh- live. Yeah, we're just uh, shooting from the hip. But uh, the wheels are spinning in his head over here. I can see it already. But yeah, go ahead, Seth. What's the next one you got? Uh... Well, I'm
2: going to kick mine off with Acts 2:38.
1: Oh, now that now that is a controversial. Now that is text. the big one. That's the one. That's, that's the one that news. the
2: church of Christ uses uh, in the Christian denomination mm-hmm. uses, and that's probably the only verse they know in their Bible. Honestly, I, I believe is
1: Acts 2:38, and I believe one Oneness Pentecostals. Do they? Yes, believe this. Yeah, they, they go with as that often too. As well?
2: And, it, and Acts two thirty eight reads: Peter said to them, "Repent, and hold each up, of hold you."
0: Hold up. Can you read that? Can you read those first five? Can you read those first five words again?
2: Peter said to them, "Repent."
0: All right. Say that first word again. Repent. Repent. Keep saying it. Repent. Okay. Now continue on with the rest of the sentence.
2: <laughs> and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.
1: <laughs> I think the emphasis ends putting there is on repent. Yeah, repent. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. there. It's there first. Yeah. It's
0: there before any. I'm sort of, sorry, my hair going, yeah. Oh, that's all right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the, the teachings yeah. of John I'm about, Calvin. I'm, I'm uh, about to go. I'm about to go on a tangent here. I'm it says re- repent. If you look in Scripture, I'm not sure there's anywhere really where it says be baptized then repent. It's yeah. always repentance, aka salvation, at the point of personal repentance uh, before any sort of professional, any, any sort of expression of baptism. But I'm sorry, there. Go
2: ahead. No, I, no that's perfectly fine. Yeah.
0: Uh, you didn't know why he was going. to repeat, I didn't did, know you? why he was going yeah.
2: there. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're yeah. as unprepared as I am. Yeah. yeah um yeah so it starts with repentance yeah go ahead Seth. now from
2: when we first read that scripture we can kind of conjure up an idea if we look at it in a certain way and think well maybe baptism does play a part of salvation when we first read it sure but we have like 200 other verses that tell us it's by faith alone yeah. so from when we examine this uh it's important to look at all the verses around it and everything in context of course and verse 41 says as many received this word but was baptized they received the message from the preaching Peter uh, gave and was born again before they was even baptized is right. how I'm approaching this. Yeah, but uh, now I want to say this too. The gospel can be summarized in different ways. Sometimes faith alone is named as the one thing necessary for salvation like uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 Romans mm-hmm. 10, 9 Acts 16, 31 and other times repentance alone is named for example like Acts 3.19 Therefore repent and turn so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And you have that in Luke 24.47, Acts 5.31, 2 Corinthians seventeen. But if we look deeper into Acts 2.38, the word for is used in the English translation. The Greek word eyes, E-I-S, can be translated for... Or because of okay it could go two different ways and matthew twelve forty one, 41 is translated that way because of when you use the greek word ice like the original what writers was doing in the new testament mm-hmm. and you translate it to english it could go two ways and i think it makes much more sense right here if you read it like this because of the forgiveness of sins it makes much more sense and it's more clear yeah but that's what most translations say. It's uh, for the remissions of sins, not because of the forgiveness of sins. Or yeah, it's all right. I got two different translations yeah. going in my mind. <laughs> but that makes much more sense
1: there, yeah. I would think. I agree. I agree with you. Um, and then, I mean, I really it, it definitely um, it's definitely worth pointing out, like Ian was talking about. Uh, Peter said to them, "Repent." I mean. Repent, and then it says, "And each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ." So, repentance. Um, you now, know.
0: If we we look at the we look at the. Uh, I hate to say it this way, but the OG of, of who of who we credit baptism with would be John the Baptist at the at the baptism mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah. But whenever he addressed the crowd. He said, "Repent, uh, repent for the kingdom of heavens at hand." Yeah. He didn't say, "Come on down, let's go ahead and get baptized, and then you'll be good with God." Yeah. I and mean, even then, it was a, it was something uh, from their their faith in God to save them before they ever went for a ritual cleansing. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you.
1: Um, and I, I, I mean, that's a really good explanation between the two there with the. Uh, with Acts 2 and 38. You got any more comments on that one, Seth? No, nah, that's
2: pretty much it. Yeah. But I think when you look at it that way, it makes much more sense when you mm-hmm. have it summed up in the other verses when it talks about repentance, bringing forth salvation, and them other verses. I believe that pretty much clears it up.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the next one we'll get into um, is one that is used often uh, as well, and that's in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21 it says corresponding to that baptism now saves you Okay, I mean kind of like what Seth was reading earlier as soon as you hear that um, at first glance if you just read that little bit of scripture oh my goodness baptism now saves you yeah
2: you're a Camelot
1: yeah (laughs) Um, it says I'll finish reading the, the verse it says not the removal of dirt from the flesh but an appeal to God for a good conscience Uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So um, I want to go back to the beginning of verse 21 where it says, corresponding to that. Well, corresponding to what? If we Mm -hmm. just take it from verse 21, what is is it corresponding to? Well, let's go back up to verse 18 in 1 Peter 3. It says, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison who were once disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Um, so baptism here we see in, in 1 Peter 3 and 21, it shows that um, number one, it's not an outward thing we do as in putting away the filth of the flesh something that would be comparable would be um, you know taking a shower you take a shower to wash off dirt from you Um, you take a shower to you know go and and clean off your your dirtiness or whatever Um, but it's very clear here that it's not that. It's not the removal of dirt from your flesh. It's not uh, putting away the filth of your fl- of your flesh. But the sacrament of baptism, it means uh, that it's a pledge of salvation. Verse 20 that I read, it shows um, how the water of the flood washed away sin and wickedness uh, in the days of Noah. And verse 21 shows that it's not the actual water that saves us. If it were the water that saved us, um, then... Uh, baptismal regeneration would be true if it was the water that saved us. If it was uh, being baptized uh, to be justified or as a part of justification, um, then you could, you know, just pinch that little part out of uh, verse 21, and it would make it true. But it says it's not the removal of the of the flesh. But this is the part that I really want to hammer home. It says our, um, uh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ so our conscience has responded to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ being a reality and because we believe that uh, and we respond that way and so um, the answer of a good conscience there, what does that mean? It means being justified by Christ we are washed in his blood um, and then we turn to Christ in obedience and baptism and it's a sign of what Christ has already done um, and so in Noah we see uh, with the ark uh, that there was a water judgment um, t- to cleanse the earth, except for eight people who were saved, um, and they were saved um, symbolically saved as as they got they got um, I won't say symbolically saved, but they were uh, they, they were in the ark and everything around them uh, was destroyed in judgment by water. Um, but we are safe in Christ. Uh, and we enter into the waters of baptism in good conscience well how can you have good conscience you can't have good conscience mm. with god unless you're justified yeah. amen um, so that's you know that's a pretty uh quick and quick and simple you know as simple as i can explain it um, but you guys got any comments on that one
0: guy richard once uh he's a He's a theologian with, uh, well, actually, I don't know if he's a for- formal theologian, but he's with Ligonier, and he actually called it more of a uh, an outward example of an inward reality. Mm-hmm. So baptism is an example we give to people, outwardly showing that we have made this decision. Yeah. Um, the the early church did this, saying that was and that was usually your first step after you got saved is mm-hmm. that you got baptized. Yeah. Um,
1: and I know uh, I read that quote from Spurgeon from Romans 6 but uh, which I mean it wasn't on Romans 6 it was just a general quote on baptism but we enter that watery grave um, out of a good conscience Mm -hmm. we've been justified and we want to um, be obedient to our Lord and follow him uh, in baptism now we see uh, you were talking about John the Baptist earlier and how he was preaching the message of repentance repent and uh, who came and was baptized Jesus came and was baptized. so um, he set the example for us to follow him in baptism. Um, so you, you know uh, in the life of Christ we see um, from the point of uh, his baptism from that point on I mean it was it was guns blazing in his in his ministry yeah. um, so that's uh, I don't know you know First Peter 3 and 21. As we've said, you know, so many times, Seth, through this podcast, is if if we take one bit of scripture or one verse of scripture and just pull it out, we you can make it mean what you want it to
2: mean. Oh yeah, you could read your eye then to the text so yeah. easily.
1: So it, that's that's what I, I want to make uh, clear for our friends that that may believe that you know baptism um, is for salvation is
0: that. If, or even that baptism is a necessary part of salvation, that you have to be baptized yeah. after you were saved.
1: Um, it, it, for our friends that, that would agree with those two things, um, we want to make it a point to say, uh, take take it upon yourself, sit down, open the scriptures, and throw your ideas and what you've been taught out the window, and read the Bible, and study the Bible. And We trust the work of the Holy Spirit to show you the truth as it's shown us. It's not mm-hmm. something that... Uh, you know I'm not trying to just get on here and tell you how wrong you are uh, without trying to prove it to you through scripture but I also know as it seemed that it was with me on, on a lot of different things is it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. reveal these things to us it's oh, not yeah. something that we just you know uh, that you can beat somebody into submission to believe it
0: no um,
1: so that, that's that's our, our prayer and our hope through this is you see that we're not just you know saying uh, well you're an idiot because you don't believe like we do uh well, that's not what we're saying by any means. It's just, we're saying, here's the scripture. Here's what mm-hmm. the Bible says. Here's what it says in context. And we're praying that the Holy Spirit will do his work. And, you know, open your eyes to what the scripture says. Yeah, open
2: your eyes to the truth of God's word.
1: Yeah. All right, Seth, what's the next one you got there? Well,
2: I've got two more, then i turn it over to you to do your last one. How's that sound? Yeah, man, where All be? right, John 3, 5. I actually had a Latter-day Saint bring this up to me because they believe salvation and... uh must be include water baptism too. Okay, part of it. Yeah, part yeah. of it. And um, I got a lot of other things wrong. But anyway, that yeah. just threw me really uh, under the bus when they mentioned this because I never really thought about this verse being used for water baptism being necessary for salvation. And it's John three five. Jesus answered, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God." Okay, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here, of course. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus comes to him at night, talking to him, saying, You're truly from God. Um, you're a teacher. No man can do these things. But I want to jump down to verse 10 and say this right here, then we're going to get into it to answer it. Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. That's John three ten. Nicodemus don't have a clue about christian baptism because it's not even been brought up yet yeah um the ordinances for salvation and he says you are a teacher of israel how do you not know these things well i believe what jesus is speaking of here is the new covenant in ezekiel 36 that's prophesized. prophesied Uh, God says in Ezekiel 36 then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols moreover I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh I believe honestly that's what Jesus is talking about here yeah. When it talks about that, it's a spiritual cleansing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ordinances for baptism haven't even been given, so why would Jesus be saying, you're a teacher of Israel, or you not know these things, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's not even been taught yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that is, I mean, that's a good point, and like you said, I'd never really consider that as an argument for that, but uh, I think it's a very good explanation. i using the Old Testament and the prophecy in the Old Testament of, of what was to come um, I think you see it fulfilled in that. You know.
2: Yeah, I really do, too. Um, I got one more, and i turn it over to you. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. Uh, now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins by calling on his name. Now, I think this is so clear. And it won't take but one verse of Scripture to answer this. When it says, get up and be baptized and wash away your sins... What does it say after that? By calling on his name. Mm-hmm. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah, amen. I believe that's so clear right there. And that's really all you have to say to answer that verse. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When you have other verses that look like they might say something that you're not for sure on, it's always good to look at a verse that's clear and do exegesis that way. Yeah. It's always good to have a verse that you think, well, this one says this, and this one says this. You go to the one that has a clear-cut meaning, mm-hmm. and you know for sure what it means, and you could look at the other one and actually go into the context of the one that you're having trouble with and look around it, and more than likely, you'll find your answers very quick.
1: Yeah, yeah. use the Bible to interpret the Bible. You
2: use Scripture to interpret
1: mm-hmm. Scripture. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, we use a lot of commentaries and, and read a lot of men that have labored in the Word, much more than than we probably ever have or ever will um and so we're not against you know looking in commentaries and, and yeah. studying uh, uh, through those things but uh we truly believe that uh we use the scripture to interpret the scripture some things uh, you know you could read something and it'd be clear to you uh and i could read it and it might not make any sense to me but i could go somewhere else in the scripture where the same thing is being taught basically the same topic the same subject is being taught and read through it in another verse of scripture in context and get a clear understanding of it. Yeah, um, I
2: believe the Creator is able to speak clearly to His creation. Amen.
1: Amen. I agree with you. Um, so we'll uh, we'll drop the hammer on it with this last one here, uh, Mark sixteen and sixteen. It says, "He who uh, uh, who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned." Uh, I'm going to read a couple verses above that. It says, Afterward, uh, this is when the disciples were commissioned. Afterward he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he uh, reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who uh, who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. So what is the main point of chapter I mean of verse sixteen there? He who has believed. And so in the, in the second half of that verse it says he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. So he who has believed, as Seth read to you out of Romans there, uh, if whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, we believe that because that's what the scripture teaches, but baptism without faith saves no one. He who has believed, the soul that has been sprinkled, dipped, fully immersed, that has not has not done that in faith, uh, and believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ, is damned because of his unbelief. Baptism without faith is void, just as that, just the same as faith without works is dead. If we're saved by the act of going into the water and being dunked or submerged, or um, you know. Sprinkled, or however you want to put it, if we're if we're saved by that act, um, then that is work, is it not? Yeah. Um, and we know the Scripture clearly teaches, and we repeat time and time and time again, um, that salvation is the free gift of God. It's by grace through faith. Yes. It's not by grace through faith plus baptism. Um, we believe to follow the Lord, our Lord, in, in obedience and baptism. We believe that we should. Um, but to say that the act of being baptized uh, is for salvation, that would be something that we did to be saved. Uh, when we truly believe that the scripture from Genesis to Revelation teaches that the only way to be saved is by grace through faith in Christ alone, Amen. Not by works, not by anything we can do. So, um, yeah, we're saved by grace through faith and then from that point we enter the waters the watery grave of baptism in obedience to our lord um that's about all i've got on on that on that verse of scripture there you got something in you want to kick out there you look you look a little froggy there no no pun yeah. in the of it. <laughs> so that's it's, an inside joke up, re, yeah. real quick i'll tell them about it yeah. so we have a uh, a little meme group that where we we send memes to each other and uh
0: R.C. Sproul's Misguided yeah, Children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a great it, name. Yeah, it was, we named it.
1: At one time, it was just called Best Memes, and then we uh, named it R.C. Sproul's Misguided Children, um, and it was pretty awesome. We just had R.C. Sproul's face from the picture of <laughs> like what's wrong Yeah, w- from the picture of... What's
0: wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, make a long story short, uh, Spencer, Ian's dad, decided to take a hiatus from... Uh, Facebook, and so we had to transfer that into a text. He got kicked off. Oh yeah, he got, kicked, he got kicked, off. kicked off. That's true. I forgot about that. He's an outlaw. Um, so he, he got off of he's off Facebook, and uh, so now we've transferred into a group text of memes. And uh, I see how
0: many times you've laughed at an image. Or, I know. Or, yeah, I love those. Yeah, uh,
1: but every Sunday morning. <laughs> Religiously, every Sunday morning.
2: Every Sunday morning. Yeah,
1: and it says, it's by far Seth's favorite thing. So, just to give you an idea, Ian loves sending pictures of, uh, maybe you all have seen it, the Lord's Day every Frog. Day frog. And, hey, y'all
0: go like the Lord's Day Frog Memes page on Facebook.
1: Yeah, but he'll say. Please send, don't. Yeah. <laughs> He'll send them every Sunday morning, and I think they're great. I think it's hilarious. Seth um, thinks they're great too. But my favorite thing of the of Ian sending it is how bad Seth hates that frog. Yes. Well, it, it
2: was one of the plagues in Egypt. So how could you like
1: it? Yeah, so it's it's pretty funny. Uh, we like to joke and laugh about it, but in all reality, um, you know, uh, we can we can talk about all kinds of things throughout Scripture mm-hmm. that we disagree with and. Uh, we can have a conversation with one another and it not be out of hatred or anything like that. Just because we care about what the Scripture says, let's look at the Bible. No hatred or anything in our chest. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Ian showed me a picture of a frog that's been smashed. I'm pretty sure. Did you send that to No, us, that, was, that was Seth. Yeah, that's, that's what said I mean. that yeah. to me. Yeah. No hatred at all. Yeah, Seth sent no in a picture we're of it. A... be baptized, Ian. <laughs> <do you know? laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to go baptize a frog uh, the rest of the evening. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, but not for salvation and obedience (laughs) there you go Um, but yeah so I I hope that this has helped you all Uh, I hope that it's been something that you can listen to and examine the scripture like like we have with verses that are commonly used Uh, and I think you'll find that most times when you examine things you're going to bend to God's will um, if you're examining it truthfully uh, because we find so many times how wrong we are and how right God always is. He's never hey, wrong. Uh, so that's uh, that's that's pretty much it for the episode tonight. But before we get off here, I'm going to put it on the spot. Ian, do you want to give a gospel presentation before we get off here?
0: Uh, sure. Sure,
1: on the <laughs> no spot. Pressure. Well, no pressure. No
0: pressure. Show how, how well I know the gospel. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, essentially, uh, I need to put on my best Ray Comfort accent. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um. Friend, if you are lost tonight, or this, or this day, whatever time I listen to this podcast, um, if you have never accepted the grace of God, I want you to know several things. First off, you were created in God's image. Uh, you were not created, you are not an accident. Um, your ancestors did not crawl up out of the slime. Your ancestors were formed from the dust by Almighty God Himself. And He has continued to shape shape you, your parents, your grandparents, everyone you know, has been under the rule of Sovereign God. Every single thing about you is known by God, and He upholds a standard of righteous purity, which is, um, which to break it down is, you have to be absolutely perfect. And I know what you're thinking right now. I'm I'm not perfect. I've I've lied. I've I've stolen. I've deceived others. Um, I have angry thoughts. Maybe someone just cut you off in traffic, and you're and you're cussing them out as we speak, uh, friend. That's that's a sin against an all holy and all knowing and all righteous God, and He will exert a form of punishment on you that uh, most men would tremble to think about. Um, if your sins are undealt with, God has, has a responsibility as the judge of all the earth to condemn you to a fiery pit that we, he, that we know as hell. It is not a party. It is not a social gathering. It is an endless pit with weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you will spend eternity there languishing over your sin, but with no one there to hear you. But God has offered us a way out, in the way of His Son Jesus Christ, which came to Earth uh, nearly two thousand years ago. It's actually something weird to think about that here in less than here in twelve years we will celebrate the two thousandth anniversary of Christ's crucifixion. Wow. That will be the two thousandth Good Friday we will ever we will ever have. Wow! I mean, it, it's it's weird to think about that we've lived yeah. that long. But back then, God sought, even after the first sin was done uh, in the garden, God sought a plan of salvation for for His fallen humanity. And He gave that to you in the form of His Son. His Son came down and lived a perfect life, something you and I could never uh, think about doing uh, by ourselves, but He did it. Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, lived a 100% sinless life here on earth. Yeah and sacrificed himself most people most historians will think that Jesus was captured by the Romans no Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross Mm. he he laid down his life that we might live now what does one man's death have to do with your eternal soul well friend let me tell you something God it wasn't the nails that pierced his hands that was really the punishment of your sins it was almighty God taking that nasty thought taking that lie you told taking that pornography you've looked at taking the judgment that was put on you and redirected it to, and redirected it towards Christ yeah. Christ suffered uh, for the sins of for the sins of every homosexual for the sins of every child molester for the sins of everyone who's ever had a dirty thought or even told a little white lie Christ died for it and in turn Christ, in turn you take on Christ's righteousness Whenever you bow down and repent and believe on what Christ has done for you, God takes Christ's righteousness and imputes it to your account. And that's just a fancy word of saying He credits it to you. Mm -hmm. He takes all of Christ's good deeds, and you are now seen as a son in the presence of the Most High God. And with that, you get the privileges of prayer, 24/7, 365. You have access to the throne room of the one who holds the universe in the palm of His hands. You have you have access to a wonderful community of other Christians who, and, and, which you can't get this while you're lost. You can't get the privilege of prayer. You can't get you can't get the privilege of a wonderful Christian community. And and I hate to say it like I'm selling you something, but friend, this is your eternal soul at stake. What I can encourage you to do is repent of your sins, which is just a fancy word for saying turn away from them mm-hmm. and do good. Read, read Scripture. Find out what God wants from you after you're saved. Read Scripture. Pray often and continue to walk in the light of the Son, Jesus Christ. And you will not only get the benefits of prayer and community and being able to go to church and worship the being that created you, but then later on, you, will, whenever you pass, you'll be able to experience that joy throughout all eternity in mm-hmm. heaven with Christ, friend. I hope to see you there, and I'd like to give a quick shout out to Marcus and Seth for letting me come on, It was impromptu as it was. <laughs> but man, uh, we've enjoyed having you, man. Yeah. But thank you all, and friend be saved that's that's all I can really tell you I, I plead with you to if you have questions uh, I don't know if these guys have left an email um, but I can I can answer questions if, if need be yeah but uh, we need to do that sometime. I would like to do a Q&A yeah sometime
1: yeah but, we've 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 thrown that idea around yeah. um, and uh, as we, we try to always put out there um, if like Ian said it says said many times before any questions you have whether it be just in general or on the specific topic we're talking about in this episode we would love nothing more than to sit down with you with an open Bible and look at what the scripture says mm-hmm. um, and you know as Ian said with this presentation of the gospel um, you're not perfect and Jesus is perfect Amen. Uh, you need his righteousness Im- imputed uh, to you Uh, And all that means, like he said, is you need to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Uh, There was only one perfect man that ever lived, and it was Jesus Christ. And He is the only way to salvation. He's the only uh, door that we can enter through for salvation.
0: Be Uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost before you ever think about stepping foot in a drop of water. There you go. There you go. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, we hope that this has helped you. There
1: you go. Seth, you got anything else before we close this thing out? No,
2: that was good. I feel like Jonathan Edwards just did that gospel presentation, though. (laughs) Sinners in the
1: hands of an angry God. You are walking on a narrow bridge. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening. Tune in next week, and we'll hit you with another one. God 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 bless.